Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? How are you all doing? Lovely. Lovely as always. Glad to hear it. Good stuff. Way to go. So it is officially the first week of September. So I don't know when this is going to come out. I assume probably close to the end of September, maybe. I'm trying to stock up episodes for my upcoming travels and my upcoming vacationas. Um, and so I don't know exactly when this would come out, but it's the first week of September. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm going to try, I, I decided that I'm going to start trying to read the Bible start to finish, you know, like literally from Genesis to Revelation, I want to start reading the Bible at least once a year, you know what I mean? Get through it once a year. Um, whether that be, you know, like how fast that happens, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's not, it wouldn't be that hard necessarily. But instead of going back and reading certain books and this and that, like I want to try and like, like systematically work through the Bible from start to finish. I think there's a value in that. I, I don't know. Doesn't mean I'm not going to read specific things, you know, on my own time, you know, type situation, but I kind of want to start reading and just kind of seeing what is introduced, like what the Lord pulls out of scripture. Cause there's a lot of books I don't like to read. Like not don't like to read it. That's not the right way to say it. Um, I don't instinctually go to them to read. Um, I'm trying to to realize the value, and obviously it's the the complete canon of the Word of God. Why not get more into that and learn more? I feel like that's a smart thing to do. Um, anyway, so I said, you know, I'm gonna start reading Genesis. And immediately some things, isn't it weird when you read the Bible again, like you just like, you know, where your head's at is different, you know, where your head's at is different in terms of what is the priority. And there's like two instances, and I don't know if I've talked about them specific. I think the, the Lamech one, I don't know if I have or have not talked about, but I'm going to start to Genesis. So Genesis, this is how quickly I, saw, I started having question marks about the reading. And I don't know if you guys, again, we all know how I read the Bible. It's sometimes weird. But words will pull out. Like a phrase will just not sit well with me for some reason. And then I go in, I'm like, why, why is that? Why, why is it said that way? Um, and perfect is Genesis 3 16. Now, just the, the backup, this is just after the sin. This is just after, you know, the fall of man, so to speak. Um, and this is like when God's like, you're going to like, you know, the woman, you're going to give birth, a uh, painful birth. You know I mean? like it's basically what's going to happen here. So the 16 says, and to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth in pain. You will give birth to children yet your desire and longing will be for your husband and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. And so that was the part that struck me as odd. The word yet. You know what I mean? Like, like, like saying that word yet there doesn't make sense to me. And so then I looked up other concord, like I looked up other translations and it doesn't have that. Like that's actually, it was kind of funny. I was like, hold on, let me bring in my blue letter Bible app. 
Um, uh, it was three sixteen, and I was looking at the woman said, "I greatly blah, blah, blah. in your pain, your your desire shall be for your husband." So like New King James says, "Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you." And those are those are those are fine, but in the Amplified, it says, "Yet, yet your desire and longing will be for your husband." And it's like, what did that? I don't know what that means. Why does it? Why is it saying that? That's an unnecessary word. Because yet, as as if you know, there's something different. There's a change there. Yet your desire and longing be for your husband. So that that's a, a you're almost because again, this is a, a reading of a punishment. This is God saying to 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 Eve, "I'm going to greatly multiply your pain. Yet your desire and longing be for your husband." Well, it's like, well she already had a longing and a desire for her husband for, for Adam. So then why would this be a yet? And so it just didn't sit well with me. And so I started looking into it and the desire and longing, I'd go look at that concordance, everything else, the desire and longing in this was almost as a usurping of power, like authority. Yet your desire and longing will be for the authority of your husband is almost a way you could read that. Um, the commentary, the, the word desire can also mean an attempt to usurp authority or control as in four, seven, the last two lines of this verse could be paraphrased. You will now have a tendency to try to dominate your husband and he will have the tendency to act as a tyrant. It's like that part that says you have a desire and longing for your husband and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. So it created this combative relationship which I thought was so interesting to, to read that like that, that is what God as a punishment was a combativeness between the, the roles of husband and wife where historically up to that point, historically, like there was so much history there, but like you can pretty much like Adam and Eve had a perfect union. They had a perfect marriage. You know, Adam was doing his thing. Eve was doing her thing. And they were in perfect unison as according to God's creation. Their marriage was perfect. Besides the fact that Eve was listening to snakes. Besides the obvious, the obvious error in there. You know what I mean? But that's, I thought that was such a unique thing to say is that you're going to have a painful childbirth. And you know what? I'm going to make your guys's husband and wife roles difficult, difficult. You're going to want the authority of the husband and he's going to be a tyrant. And it's like, yeesh, because what is the perfect marriage? We, we, we have an example of the perfect marriage with Jesus marrying the church, the body of Christ. He's the perfect husband. He's the perfect bridegroom, you know, and you can almost imagine in this moment, pre pre fall of man, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had the exact same style of marriage, or very close to. I don't. I wouldn't say exact. You know, I mean, again, all this is said as a as a as a pondering. Um, I am not a theologian, clearly, <laughs> but it made me think about that. Like, like the Adam and Eve marriage was originally was created in perfection. You know, Adam went to sleep. Rib pulled out. Here comes Eve. Boom. And I, I think because their marriage was so perfect, I think that's why Adam joined Eve in the apple fiasco or the fruit fiasco. Not against the apple, but you know what I mean. In the the fall of man, the eating of the of the fruit of of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
because he so loved Eve that he wasn't gonna not be with her in this situation. You know, I, I think that's really, their union was so strong and so perfect that he, ch- I, again, I, I kind of said, I think I've said this before, but I think he chose Eve over the Lord. How crazy that is, is, is again, we can't comprehend that, even though you and I on a daily basis choose the world over the Lord. In that moment, Adam chose Eve. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with how strong their bond was, how strong their marriage was, how strong their connection was. I mean, they were one flesh at that point in time. I think spiritually, emotionally, all that, they were one flesh. And so you can almost understand Adam's like, ah, oh, all right, ride or die. You know, <laughs> like we're in this together. Uh, horrible decision, but going back to the punishment that God put on Eve was like, you will now not only have a painful childbirth, but your marriage is going to be rocky. <laughs> Which is like the most brutal of punishments, I think, for any married couple to understand when there's animosity or, or friction or whatever, you know, in a marriage, it's, 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 you can, you can boil it down to this moment, yet your desire and longing will be for your husband and he will rule with authority, you know? <clears throat> and so understanding the roles, because how were we created? You know, the roles that, that husbands and wives were created to, to, to conform into, those are difficult nowadays. You know, those are difficult things to say to each other. Hey, I need to love my wife. Like the, the model that Jesus gave us, I need to love my wife as Jesus loved the church. Like just an unconditional love. It doesn't mean that you agree with everything, obviously, but there's a love there. And I thought that was like, man, to, to sit there and say that, that that's that moment in Genesis 3.16, the Lord's like, here it is. Here's going to be some friction for you guys. And this will either, well, oddly enough, I think this will either drive you apart or drive you to me. You know, like that friction, that ruling with authority comes from a place of not having a relationship with the Lord. Desiring the the authority of your husband comes from a place of not walking with the Lord. Both of those are byproducts of not being intentional with each other. and But more importantly, intentional with your walk. And I, I thought that was such a, I was just thinking about that and I couldn't get, yet your desire and longing will be for your husband and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. Like, I'm like, man, what a, I had never, I don't know why I just never, I had always understood the, 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 the childbearing part, like pain and childbirth. I get that. But the second part I was like, well, that's a, they already were doing that. So why are you saying that in the context of a punishment? Um, Cause then right after that, like the Lord just rips Adam, you know, because you listened to your wife and didn't listen to me, the ground's now a curse. You know what I mean? So again, this was, all this was being said under the, under the umbrella of a curse. So why would you say your desire and longing be for your husband? So it struck me as weird. I don't know if that strikes you as weird, but I just thought that was such a, an odd phrase that the Lord would put animosity, quasi friction into a marriage. Um, Although I, I, Again, I, I think it really shows today because I mean that there's so much marriage and friction, but those those frictions come from when you're not walking in unity with the Lord. When your walk is suffering, your marriage is suffering. You know, when you're when there's a lot of friction in in your marriage or in your household. I, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what. Like, you can almost guarantee 
there's probably a lack of word time, a lack of alone time with the Lord, a lack of seeking after the Lord, you know, because when you're in those positions, the byproduct is love. Like when you're in that position where you're humbly or boldly or whatever, going after the Lord, it normally results in in an immediate change of your heart posture, a softening. And so to not have that, you can almost like, oh, there's a lot of friction. It's like, well, what is the friction for? Is there, are we being attacked or is there things going on? I don't know. So I thought that was super interesting. And then I don't know if we, like, there's some weird subtext to Genesis that I just, I don't know if I'm just, I'm just getting it or not. When you, when you talk about Cain going out, right? That whole, the whole Cain going out. You get the the Cain and Abel story, which we've talked about. And then you have Cain going out. And immediately Cain built a city and named it Enoch, um, which I thought was, again, crazy. There must have been a repentance somewhere because like like a little bit before that, you know, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear because he was going to be a, a vagabond, you know. And, and Genesis 4.12, he says, um, uh, when you cultivate the ground, it shall no longer yield strength. It will result in producing uh, – it will resist producing good crops for you. You shall be a fugitive and a vagabond roaming aimlessly on the earth. Well, if you're building a city, you're not roaming aimlessly. You know what I mean? Like it's like the next, the next part of this whole story is Cain um, has a wife. Apparently um, we would assume it's one of his sisters, right? Like that's the assumption is that Cain knew his wife, one of Adam's descendants. So that would be literally his sister. You would, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's his, his, his cousin, or niece, that would, right? That would have to be something like that. Like maybe if there were some more children from um, Adam and Eve, and they had siblings, they had children, and those siblings, brothers and sisters, had siblings. I don't know. It's a, you know, again, we it, it sounds crazy, but back then that was like the the purest bloodline in the history of the world ever <laughs> was right then and there. So there wouldn't be the the inbreeding issues that we obviously would immediately our knee jerking reaction to, nor the like, Oh, that's my brother or sister. Yick. Um, but Cain built a city. Right. And they talk about obviously the, 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 um, Lamech, Lamech, whatever is the first person who has talked about taking two wives. So the first person who violates the, the, the sanctity of marriage, the monogamy of marriage, like one wife, one husband, the two shall, shall become one flesh. Lamech is immediately called out for having two wives. So like going against like Cain, descendant of Cain, immediately going against the reality of marriage. And I was like, man, that's kind of, you know, two wives, Ada and the other was Zilla. Um, um, but then like they talk about what came from them. This is what's like, it's such a weird juxtaposition of like the first group Lamech is the first one they talk about almost immediately that breaks breaks marriage down and like hey polygamy not good completely against god's plan but their sons Ada gave birth to jabel he became the father of those nomadic herdsmen like they were all about livestock that's they they leaned into that and they were amazing livestock livestock people uh his brother was named jubal he became the father of all those musicians like so like of Lamech's descendants you have all the great herdsmen all the great um, musicians and Zilla gave birth to Tubal Cain, the craftsmen, all the great artisans, craftsmen. That was what was the descendants of Lamech, Lamech, whatever you want to call it. How, how crazy is like, like you can almost give the origin of all those skill sets that we have today 
came from this dude who was all about polygamy. And I'm like, is, so, so this is a weird stretch, but like, so obviously Satan is the king of the world. Like the king, uh, he's the ruler of the, like he has dominion right now. I mean, obviously he's defeated and everything else, but you know, I mean, this is his, like when he offers Jesus all the kingdoms and everything else, he could do that because he has ownership to them. Those were his to offer. So the, you can, as that applies to right here and now, the fall of man has already happened. So Satan is already ruler of this world. Do you think that they gave them, like these were God inspired or were these like, not Satan inspired. I don't want to call it that way, but you know what I mean? Like, like, like giving, giving, we, we, in now modern times, we chase after finances, wealth, power. Okay. We, we chase after those things. And those are things that God will give to us absolutely in due time and, and, and the way we do it. But we get shortcuts. That's where I think the enemy comes in a lot of times is shortcuts or the, the God, like Satan, like, Hey, yeah, God's given you all these promises, but if you just listen to me and, and do a little bit disobedience and, you know, go a little bit on my way, agree with me slightly. I'll get you there faster, you know? And I, I think that's the sneaky part of Satan. Like, Hey, like the Lord wants to do something in you, but I'm going to, I'm going to cheat code this and give you the world stuff. And so I just think about all the things that came out of those three sons, all the, the livestock, which is power, food, being able to take care of things, um, all the musical instruments, entertainment, and then all the craftsmen, again, like tools, all this stuff came from those brothers. And then he was the first one that goes into polygamy, like going into his own fleshly desires of having more than one wife. So I, just, I don't know why I just think this is an odd overlap. Anyway, it could just be nothing. But it's the, it's the rant he gives to his wives, right? Is the one that always strikes me. He's like, Lamech said to his wives, and this is, this is 423. Um, Ada and Zilla, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. For I have killed a man merely for wounding me and a boy only for striking, bruising me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, as the Lord said he would be, then Lamech will be avenged 77fold. So this is the part that like, it, it, there's two schools of thought here. There's one that says he's like, Lamech is just a monster, like who's just murdering fools. Like just murdered a dude for, for wounding me and a boy for bruising me. Like that is what he's saying here. He's like, I'm out here just murking fools and children. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be cursed. If Cain was cursed, I'm definitely going to be cursed. Cause I'm just doing damage out here. And I'm already taking two wives. Like I'm just a ruthless savage dude. And then there's another school of thought that says like, he's like, this was in self-defense. Like he's defended himself in self-defense. And this was, he's like pleading of like, oh my gosh, these are, this is going to fall upon me. I don't know. It doesn't seem like this is a self-defense type situation. Cause he says, for I have killed a man for wounding me and a boy for striking me. It's like, well, those weren't really self-defense actions. Most is like brutality actions. And so it's, I don't know, it strikes me as weird again, but it's just odd that they give this person who's the father of polygamy. Now, this is the OG polygamist right here. They give him this section. Like, like it's not, it's crazy what is included in the Bible sometimes. Like, I always just think, why is that there? There has to be a point to it. You know what I mean? There's something, there's a reason because there's so much that isn't written. You know what I mean? There's so much that was not written. Again, we talk about Jesus, like they say clearly, like had they written everything down, books couldn't contain it all. 
you know, so the fact that every single word and letter that is in here is in here for a specific reason. It's kind of funny that the, the, the father of polygamy, the, the first man to, to break away from tradition of marriage gets recognition here. Not only he, but his sons get recognition of what they started, which is like they get tons of credit, like the father of, of you know, cattle, raising cattle, musicians, and craftsmen. Like that's crazy. Like that's who started all this. But then that quote about his wives, like, dude, I just killed a dude and a, and a boy. I'm getting a lot of stuff going on. And the reason I think it's crazy is because it leads into the last verse of chapter four, which is to Seth also a son was born whom he named Enosh, a mortal man, mankind. At the same time, men began to call on the name of the Lord and worship through prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. So that last part was very confusing because it says at that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. Like, well, what, do you, what they had been since the beginning because Adam and Eve clearly tell, taught Cain and Abel sacrifice. We go back to Cain and Abel. Cain was giving a sacrifice to the Lord that was not pleasing. So clearly the descendants of Adam and Eve were taught about sacrificing to the Lord. Sacrifices have been since the word go. I mean, there was a sacrifice made for them to have their animal skins. God sacrificed an animal to clothe them with, with animal skins. So we, we, we know that there has been sacrifices to the Lord since the beginning. And the fact that they're talking about Cain's curse, they know that the Lord was cursing those who would, have, you know what I mean? There's a knowledge of the Lord. And so again, that's just a very weird statement. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. It's like, well, hadn't they been doing that the entire time? And when you look into that, it actually, the, 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 the stuff they talk about says actually it means that there began to be evangelism. There began to be people preaching in the Lord's name, like, like going out and not missionary work, but um, I guess more evangelism is the best way to say it. Like people who are actually preaching the Lord, which means there had been a drop. There must've been a significant drop off, right? The, the, the only reason you would start doing it is because people would no longer work. Like, hey, we're not talking about God anymore. Why are we not talking about God anymore? We need to fix that. We need to start going out and call on the name of the Lord. So I just so think about the idea of Lamech and where he's at. Obviously, going against God's God's command, having having multiple wives. And we don't know how popular the world is at this point in time, how big it is, but there are cities, clearly. You know, Cain already had a city. Um, and that, even when Cain was was being cursed. He was worried about being murdered. So there's clearly a lot of people going on at this point in time in the world. We don't know how many people we don't, you know I mean? Like everyone lived for like about, you know, 800, 700, 900 years. So there could be a ton going on of people, populations. Clearly there are, we just don't have no idea. So you have this question mark of like, how quickly do we fall off when it comes to praising the Lord? Like how quickly do we fall off? And according to Genesis, it only took five chapters, four chapters. You know what I mean? Like it took four chapters for it to be so far removed from God's plan that there had to be evangelism. Like there had to be people going out and preaching the word to those who weren't getting it. Isn't that nuts? I mean, isn't that nuts? Like you have, you have 
God was walking with Cain and Abel. Not Cain. God was walking with Mary and Adam in the garden. And during Adam and Eve's lifetime, while they were still alive, their children stopped worshiping the Lord. To the point there had to be evangelism in the world. Like, does that thought just not knock a hole in your chest? It did to me to think about that. Like, that's how quickly it, it, it disappeared. I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And I have a hard time with it. Cause it's like, dude, Adam and Eve, you walked with God. And when you were done walking with God, God was still in your presence. God was still visiting you, visiting your children. Hence the visiting Cain, like Cain, what's up, dude? Like talking with Cain, like that's the intimacy the Lord had. But that's how quickly though, that intimacy was gone. Intimacy was gone. To the point by the end of chapter four of Genesis, when Adam and Eve gave birth to Seth, people had to start evangelizing. People had to start going out and preaching the word and giving public praise to God because clearly that was not being done. Clearly that was being left behind. That was no longer a priority. So people had to start doing it. People had to start reminding them, hey, we need to start calling on the name of the Lord and praise and thanksgiving because it's not happening. It's like, how quickly did we fall? I mean, talk about a fallen world to go like during, they're, they're still alive. Adam and Eve are still alive. Like you can be, you can say grandpa and grandma are still around. We can go visit them whenever we want. And they will tell us the tales of walking in the garden, walking with the Lord. That had to still be a conversation that they're still around. And yet their descendants were no longer acting and operating in that to the point there had to be evangelism. That is so crazy. But how fast does it die in our own, our own world? Like how, like, you know, you have a generation that loves the, loves the gospel, loves the church, and then their kids don't. Why is that? Why is that? Are we not raising? I, I'm not a parent. And so it baffles me. My dog has discovered the enemy outside. Someone's walking. Someone's walking their dog, which means my dog is like, what's up, bro? You're near my territory. But like, I, I go, I, I don't know what it's like to be a parent. You know, I only know what it's like to be a son. And I know I missed the mark for a long time. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. I think, I, I don't think I had a good, I think my mom and dad's relationship was rocky. So I had a weird example of what a Christian household looked like. There's a lot of anger in my household. There's a lot of frustration in my household. Wow. My dog is just not giving up. That's just the way it's going to be for a second. Um, so I, I don't know if that, that meant that I just didn't have the same, like the, the faith didn't have the same meaning to me. Hold on. Sorry. And I'm back. I had to yell at my dog real fast and be quiet, but I, I, 
I, I don't know if that's because I, I, I didn't have, I never had a relationship with the Lord. I had a way to behave. I had a set of guidelines, a set of rules that wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. Like I saw my, my mom was all about it, but my dad never really was. I mean, he was, but he wasn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't, I don't know. I just never had the, the faith was never brought to me in a systematic fashion that, that, that changed me when I was younger. I'm glad it changed me when I was older. Don't be wrong. I'm, I'm not, this is not a criticism. Like my mom and dad were, were bad or whatever. This isn't it. But like, I don't know what would have been done differently in my house to make it real for me sooner. I, I don't know what, how I could have been raised differently. I don't know what was missing, which is why I, it didn't connect with me until way later in life. You know, it was always important. It was always a value. It was always there, but it wasn't real, real. You know what I mean? The, the, the sense of urgency about my walk, the, the decisions I was making, like the world got a hold of me and I don't know what would have, what could have been done to change that. And I, I don't know. And so the same thing I ask as parents, like, what, how could you have raised your kids differently to make it real for them? To make it uh, like the relationship to be personal and intimate and not just because you believe, but because they have to have their own belief. At some point in time, the kids have to believe on their own. Their, their relationship has to be theirs. It can't be just a proxy version of yours. And so what I think that is that what happened with Adam and Eve? Like they were having kids and, and they were living their life, but the relationship wasn't personal. The relationship wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't their own. And so immediately, like, you know, Lamech starts having wives. Like he's the first person's like, yeah, one's not enough. I want more. And then you're like, what, <laughs> what, what? And, but then his kids become like, you know, the creators of all these things. And, and so it's, it's just an, a, a weird idea to think about. But I, again, I, I go back to like what I was just reading today. And I was like, Genesis, all right, dude. So you're telling me that God put the animosity like between the marriage of Adam and Eve, like Adam's going to be a tyrant and Eve's going to want to usurp his power. There's going to be friction there. And all these things, there's little details that you just don't, I just never really noticed or recognized or acknowledged before. And, and so it was just interesting to read that and kind of think about that. And I'm excited to start reading from, from start to finish um, on this Bible journey and just kind of looking for where the Lord just is sharing his heart on things. You know, that I think is such a cool, it's a cool way to, I don't know, I'm really excited to read it under that lens and just kind of go all the way back from the beginning again. And I'm excited for that. So yes. So maybe some podcasts might be a little bit Old Testament centric moving forward here for a little bit <laughs> or not. Who knows? It'll all be relative. But that was just something I just noticed today. And I just wanted to talk about it before I forgot about it. I wanted to, to talk about this and like acknowledge that. So I can I'll probably for the most part, it'd be for me to go back and listen to this later and be like, oh, yeah, I remember Genesis. That, that was weird that yet, yet she will desire and long for her husband. Um, anyway, I hope you guys are having a great one. I hope when you guys hear this, that you've had a wonderful labor day and you've enjoyed yourselves and all those things. And that summer's almost over and the weather's way better, but I hope you guys have a great one and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>